You're on. Excellent. So it's like, uh, now that we have our, our couple of links there, which uh, are some really cool stuff that uh, we have to promote as well, and uh, which brings us around to our first topic today, very interestingly enough, which is the what turns us on and what turns us off about uh, movies, television series, what exactly is our attraction to them? What makes us want to go see it, and what makes us go, Ugh, no, thank you. You know, the, oh my god, I wouldn't touch that with a ten-foot pole. What makes us uh, really want to do that? Like, what makes us attracted, first of all, to that? Is it the stars? Or is it the actual story itself? So, let me ask you guys, what attracts you to a project? Or to a, uh, to content? Uh, entertainment yes. content. Well, for me, you know, it's so funny. Um, a lot of it for me is who's doing it. And I'll give you a great example. Um, some years ago, they were saying, oh, there's going to be this movie about Facebook. The, you know, the, you know, the, um, how Facebook got started. And when I first heard mm-hmm. that, I was like, who the hell wants to see that? You know, that seems silly. And then I heard that David Fincher, and Aaron Sorkin, you know, Aaron Sorkin was going to be the writer and David Fincher was going to be the director. And then I was like, I was all in, <laughs> you know, what a great combination, right? Because, you know, if they combined to do, you know, the Smurfs movie, I would be, I'd watch that. You know what I mean? That's a great combination of a writer and director. So, you know what I'm saying? So that basically turned, even though it was like about the formation of Facebook, and it was a really good movie. It was a very good movie. It and, was. You know, so... It, for me, it's who's behind it uh, is probably number one. Uh, number two uh, is uh, well. Okay, maybe I should say it's number two. Number one is what is the what is it about? You know, uh, generally. Well, no, I guess it depends though, because on that one, that was something I wouldn't been interested in. So I guess that is number one. Uh, let me smack myself. Uh, but no, no. Number two is what is it about? What is the content? What is it, you know, what is it that they're bringing to us? And then, um, then probably lastly, it would be who is, uh, no, no, the next thing would be, uh, what is the format that is coming to us? I'll give you a great example. If I hear that there's going to be a biopic about like, let's say, uh, Tupac or about, you know, some great, you know, musician, you know, music act that I like. Mm-hmm. If it's like HBO or it's like a, a, a first class Hollywood film, I'm more inclined to watch that versus if it's like Lifetime. I don't care. It could be any. It could be someone I really like. If it's a Lifetime movie, I'm not going to want to watch it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, or certain outlets, I'm like, pass. No matter what. Uh, so it. it so what's the vehicle that's coming to you? Because like HBO, for example, and Netflix now has such a great yeah. track record with turning the way that they develop material and they put it out to the public. So if they are, you know, I'm more inclined to want to see something that HBO or Netflix now produces. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or uh, now Showtime, too, has gotten really good in the last so many years as well. So, mm-hmm. you know. So it depends on the that. And then lastly, believe it or not, it's who's in it. You know, uh, I like to see actors that I really like. Uh, 
You know, I'm one of those people, though, is I like to see the new people. Like, I like to see, you know, like, I don't always just want to see people that I've seen before. I would really like to see, you know, new faces and new people on the scene. So, um, but then again, you know, there's actors and, you know, people that you really want to see, too. So, it's like, I like to see a good combination of it, you know. But I'll say this last thing and then I'll hand over the floor. One thing that I don't like that Hollywood does, and and we kind of talked about this yesterday uh, on the phone when we talked. I don't like how Hollywood has like one designated guy, seemingly for uh, uh, you know everywhere. It's like one yes. Asian guy, you know, the one old black guy, the one uh, the one funny lady. You know what I'm saying? Like you know what I mean? Yeah, like the resident all- asshole. Right, you know he has to play that in all movies. Right, I just hate how they think. It's like, oh, okay, you were crazy in such and such movie. We're gonna put you basically in the same role in this other movie. And it's like, I get that you understand. Like, I get the I, the concept that, oh, okay, you did it once before, really good. So you'll probably do it again. But to me, that's not. You know, I like to see people out of their comfort zone. Like, I like to see people in doing things that are is different you know what i mean than what they normally do but that's me personally but i understand it's money and all that so they don't want to take that risk and also what if uh, it's like a, in regards to that so that would be probably your top five reasons of it would be attracted to you mm-hmm. oh yeah definitely and what about you arpo as well like uh, so what ne- what will bring you to watch that series watch that well, first of all, what it's about. What is the story? What is the content? Um, I, I, I don't care who's in it. It could be a bunch of nobodies if I'm really interested in the content. You know, it, it can be a fictional movie. It can be a non-fictional movie. It can be a documentary. My God, I saw one of the, I was telling you last week, one of the best documentaries I've seen in years. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently and uh, you know it's just if I'm interested in what it's about what it has to say I'm going to go see it I don't care as much about the other things now in terms of going to a movie theater to see it boy I am getting to that point where with the prices of tickets if I'm going to go to a movie theater to see it it has to be in 3D it has to be something I can't get at home because I've got a nice big screen TV in my front room. You know, I, I don't need the big screen in the movie theater. I have access, all the access I could possibly want to movies from all over the world. So I don't need to rely on it coming to my theater for me to see it. Um, apart from that, if it's a director that I really direct, particularly if it's a writer and director, because I really get into films that are written by the people who directed them, because at least then I know the director understands what the writer is driving at. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would, that would be consideration number two. Uh, actors don't enter into it at all. Rather see nobody's then, you know, I could care less if it's Tom Hanks or Brad Pitt or Joe Blow from down the street. I'm more interested 
in 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 the the, the story itself and the technical aspects of how it's told uh, than I am in the people who are in it. That's why I do such a bad job picking the uh, best actor winners year after year. Because I don't care about the actors. (laughs) That's kind of interesting. I know that's true, too, because you watch some of the weirdest movies that you report on, and uh, it is absolutely nobody's in those movies, so you're definitely someone that doesn't need to see, like, you know, um, one of the biggest Hollywood stars, you know, in order to, you know, enjoy the movie. Well, that's the thing, too. You know, people people say, oh, I, he, I heard you watch such and such. Was it any good? It's like, no, it was horrible. I liked it. Because, you know, I, to me, mm-hmm. a bad movie with nobody in it can be better than a big blockbuster with all the stars in the world. I mean, I've seen some big blockbusters. Oh, let's see. Uh, Batman versus Superman? Suicide Squad? Hated them. Terrible. Big blockbuster movies. <laughs> Bee Women on the Moon? Hoo-ha! Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of taste, though. Well, it's like also a lot of things that, that, that a lot of people uh, that in Hollywood, they think it's about who's in front of the screen. Yes, it does draw for some people butts and seats. However, it's like one of the things that we're all saying is content. For me, I would add also, is the story original enough? No matter what it is, whether it's television, whether it's film, whether it's a play, you know, is it original enough for me? You know, if I'm going to be sitting there and I'm going to be spending my time watching it, it's the, is it going to compel me with an original angle at a story? Is it going to do something in a way that I haven't seen 50 times before? Is it going to move me in some way that I have, uh, that I can relate to it? Is the story, it's like, this is why, for example, television-wise, why Orphan Black is so freaking amazing. So many uh, layers to that show. And, and, it, and it seems to be the Hollywood thing that new and different is bad. Yes. Anything, uh, it's like, uh, but this is the thing of the battle of indie versus uh, the commercial. Uh, it's like indie versus artistic versus... The uh, the commercial uh, indie versus commercial artistic, because there is uh, there are different categories in that uh, in these subcategories. The second thing I would probably say to me, I worry really less about who the directors and actors are in terms of that. Is the more along the lines of what's the team that went behind this whole thing? It's like uh, it's the yes, it's great if you have a great director and great cinematographer and stuff like that, but it's more along the lines of does the, does the chemistry feel cohesive? 
which also compels me to want to watch it. It's like when I'm watching a, a trailer for it or I'm watching a commercial for it, for it, it's like, does the plot move me? Does the actor feel believable in this role? Does this feel original? Or am I going to be sitting there and going for the next one and a half hours going, why did I pick this? Mm-hmm. How fast can I get out of uh, watching this? You know, it's like, so, how was your day? I, it's like, I, I want to hear also, how did the score come together? Like, I want to hear all the element components. That's something that attracts me to a project. It's like when I hear great music, great acting, great storyline all put together, that will bring me to the uh, to the show to the uh, to the movie to the uh, play it's like you will not uh, it's like one of the things that repel me the most is when it's somebody who i've seen in 20 other movies as well prior to this movie even though it could be original content i don't want to see the same actors all the time i'm sorry but you know i no no diss to them they're wonderful actors but not every movie needs to have the same cast of actors to get me to watch it. Mm-hmm. Not every television series has to have the same ensemble cast. It's like to get me to uh, to watch it. I, uh, it's like if you switch up a cast member, a lot of people go, oh my God, they switched up a cast member on this show. How could they possibly have done this? I'm like, so? They're giving a different actor a chance. Maybe it'll freshen up uh, what's going on because know. maybe they've gotten into a rut. I don't know about that. I like continuity, though. Like, it is kind of weird. I mean, Game of Thrones, they did that, and it worked out okay. I think the second guy is better than the first guy. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it, And that guy's on Orphan Black as well, too, by the way. Yes, um, I know. What a charmed life. That guy on Saturday gets to be with uh, Tatiana Masolani, and then on Sunday he gets to be with... Uh, uh, Ty, what's her name? Um, uh, Emily Clark. Uh, yeah. so, like, wow, what a great life that guy has. But uh, anyway, so, um, you know. Um, well, except that Emily Clark won't do any more sex for, any more sex seats for the series. That's, you yeah. know, that's why they uh, hired um, ex-porn stars, too, or current porn stars, uh, which is a whole other conversation we could have. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I like continuity, though. I, I like to keep, you know, I mean, like, there are situations such as the, um, and I've never even watched, uh, I've never watched a uh, uh, Harry Potter, so don't shoot me, but uh, I know they had to, what was it, Gargamel, not Gargamel, what's the guy they had to replace because he died? Voldemort. Voldemort. Oh, Dumbledore. 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 Yeah, yes. I know, uh, don't shoot me, nerds. Uh, and um, so, and I. So I understand that the guy died, right? Unless they were going to yeah. do a Grand Marth Tar- Tarkin, you know, uh, you know, and uh, you know, and do it like that. I don't think that would carry for 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 six more movies. No, right. <laughs> so that makes actually, sense. I I liked the actor they replaced him with better, Michael yeah. Gambon. What a great actor! Fantastic actor. That's yeah, the- I loved them both. It's mm-hmm. like I enjoyed both of their performances. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, it's one of those things where, okay, that I understand. But ideally, you like to keep the same one. Like, you know, like, very famously, uh, Fresh Prince, they switched to Aunt Vibs, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. 
Uh, did it jar your world? Did it make you stop watching it? Because they switched out one Aunt Vivian to another Aunt Vivian? Or did it just jar you for a couple of episodes and then you were like, well, it still is Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I'm totally going to watch this. No. No, I mean, it didn't. It didn't. Uh, it was. Un- I feel bad for the, the, the actress that got replaced. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, now, here's the funniest one, though, is when... I think it was the Family Matters or something that they the mm-hmm. kid goes upstairs and never to be seen. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they uh, that, be... uh, Happy Days. Happy no, Days. They Richie's on... older brother. Uh huh. That too. Well, on Family yeah. Matters though, there he was... was in like like four episodes yeah. and then he went upstairs and was never seen again. Yeah, that yeah. happened actually on. Family... I think they locked him in the attic, but you know, <laughs> they they that actually <laughs> happened on Family Matters as well, and no one to this day knows why yeah. they did that. And the, I think the girl became a, a porn star. This show is starting to have a porn theme, but uh, I think I believe she became a porn star uh, when she got uh, became an adult. But uh, yeah, it's a you know it, it does happen, um, but you know it is what it is. Let me a- let me ask you guys this question, and I want to uh, thank all those who are are listening uh, and, and watching the show. Um, you know, uh, please feel free to let us know what makes you like content, what makes you like movies or TV shows, what draws you to it, you know, uh, or what makes you run away from content. Um, now I've never been married before, but I've been in a lot of relationships, so I can't answer this question from the a married point of view, but Arpo, I know you, you were married for many years and, and Grayson has been, is married now. Um, how much content do you watch just because your mate kind of puts you up to it? Maybe you wouldn't have watched it before, but you watch it because your mate wants you to watch it with them. And then let me ask this, a side question. And has, have you ever been surprised that something you didn't really want to watch, but your mate put you up to it? You actually, you actually liked it. I can answer that last part yeah. right away. Okay. Grey's Anatomy. Oh, really? Yeah. I watched the first episode. I went, ah, this isn't for me. Uh, two years later, my wife and my daughter were so into the show. and said, you just can't believe what you're missing. So I went through and I caught up in all the episodes and all of a sudden I realized oh, wow, this is not going in the direction I thought it was going in. It's actually getting really good. And suddenly I'm hooked. Now my wife is gone. My daughter is gone. I'm still watching the show. Oh, wow. See, I have one of those splits on that whole thing because it's like, yes, he'll sometimes watch a thing that I'm watching, but he's not really into the thing I'm watching. And I can tell, and it's kind of like, okay, honey, you know, go in the other room i appreciate that you want to see this it's like but you know i'm not going to put you through this if you don't really want to see it and it's been also the same thing backwards it's like he's been begging me to see star trek episodes because it means a lot to him but it's like i've tried them all and like i tried like you know to see various episodes of different versions (coughs) of it and i was like i really really, really am not a Trekkie. Or Trekker. Or Trekalot or any of this. My first date with my wife 
we watched Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. She cheered when Spock died. <laughs> That's how much she hated Star Trek. That is funny. It's kind of like watching Titan the movie Titanic. Sorry, James Cameron, but I was hoping that the boat would sink faster than five hours. Yeah. No offense to uh, to those actors and the wonderful performances that they were, but I was like sitting there going, could the boat just please sink? It was the one time I'm cheering for the boat. <laughs> just so that we could... Please, finish. just kill them all! <laughs> Too soon? It might be a little yeah. too soon. But, yeah, it, it's like in, rega uh, in regards to uh, spouse watching uh, things, like, for example, Westworld. I never watched it. He watched it. He oh, was like, you know, come and sit down with me. And I was like, okay, so can you tell me a little bit of what it's about? He told me what it's about. I watched a couple of episodes, and I'm like, this is good. This is great. Yeah. I, I can get into this. You know, it, it to me it depends also on what it is that I'm watching of it, whether I'm going to be watching it with an open mind or not open mind, or am I watching it with a, a a trepidation of going like, okay, it's something that he watches, so therefore I'll sit down and watch it. Mm, it's been a fifty-fifty kind of shoot, but one of the things that we're honest about is that if really we're not into it, I'm not going to make you sit down and watch it every week. You know, because it's really not fair to him, and it's not fair to me. It, that would be like, you know, torturing me with hours and hours and hours of Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's 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 very true, and quite frankly, not that much uh, Star Trek is is healthy to watch all at once. I mean, it's not a show that uh, works well with binging. I don't think. Oh, uh, I like to watch an episode every now and then. I mean, I do like Star Trek, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to sit down and watch an entire season all at once. That's right. Oh, and and, and I want to give a, a shout out to Patricia Murray in our chat, as well as Olaf Barbosa, uh, Imuna Zamani, Brooklyn Taylor, as well, and uh, I see that. Um, that Kiana has been in as well, and Ari uh, Monroe as well. And um, also, too, just so that Grayson, you, and uh, Arpo know, I put the, ch the link in there. You can go in uh, the PVS Alliance Very cool. uh, Facebook group, and you can chat with everybody else. And we are asking people to put in the chat, um, like, what do you, what turns you on or what turns you off with content, uh, movies, TV, art, uh, whatever it may be, and what you know, your yeah. turn ons and off. What brings you to content? Um, you know, I, I, I'll say this: I've got. I'm much better at accepting. Uh, like, I was very. I'm very snobbish about what I like. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like, I'm real yeah. snobbish. And well, well, Leon, you've already said you hate everything in Lifetime, which makes you a misogynist. Go ahead. Uh. I, I don't like I, I don't like uh, uh, Lifetime movies. I mean, you know what? I, I like the old school ones, you know, because it was uh, well. I shouldn't say that because uh, I'm gonna get hate mail. But uh, you know, <laughs> but like they they just they'll mess up a, a turkey sandwich. I'm just saying. 
But um, but you know, like I don't. I, I I'm a music snob. I'm a movie snob, right? And some things I think are beneath me. But then again, I have my guilty pleasures. Like one of my guilty pleasures is this movie called Mars Attacks. And I'm not a big Tim Burton guy, but I love that movie Mars Attacks. I don't even know why. It's just one of those movies that I saw and I really like. Hey, uh, Pop-Tart Kid is in the house. James Atwell, how you doing? Uh, I think uh, Pop-Tart Kid probably likes Mars Attacks as well. That's one of my guilty pleasures. You know, it's a movie that's completely silly. And it's probably, most people wouldn't say that's Tim Burton's best movie, but that movie gets me, uh, you know? But, um... So I don't always listen, like, when people say, oh, you should check this out. I don't always, like, it, certain people I will just totally do it. But I have such a weird taste sometimes. Oh, yep, he says I love it. Ack, ack. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so, um, but, you know, um, you know, very few people I'll just, if they suggest it, I'll go check it out. Like, uh, Yardley, for example, we have very similar tastes. And I noticed that generally we kind of like the same things, you know, so that's a good example um, of, you know, me taking, you know, advice on content. And then, uh, you know, Arpo is really good at coming up with movies I would have never even thought about watching, you know, Uh and, uh, you know, and and also he protects me because some of the movies he reviews, if I had wasted my time. Watching it, I would be very upset. So, uh, thanks, thanks, Arpo, for that. So, uh, but you know, content. You know, like when I was younger, I could watch anything. You know, but time is such a you know precious commodity now. It's hard for me to, you know, to waste my time with stuff. Like I'll turn something off. Like I, I used to be some a person. I don't know. And I want to ask the, the panel and the people in the chat room. And they're talking. Uh, Olaf says Mars Attack is great. And Patricia says uh, she's a big fan of Doctor Who. Um, but um, she's saying but um, I was the kind of person that if I went to see a movie, or I'm sorry, not went to see a movie. If I turned on a movie, I would at least sit and watch it until the end, even if I didn't like it, just to watch you know, just, you know, to watch the movie. Now, if if I don't like it at a certain point, I will turn it off and turn to something else. And, uh, you know, and I can, I'm getting to a point where I can tell if I'm going to love a movie early. Like, when I watched the movie Sicario, I could tell in the first two minutes that it was going to be my kind of movie. You know what I mean? Like, you could just tell right away. Uh, or a movie like... Um, a movie like uh, No Country for Old Men. You know what I mean? Like, you knew two seconds into the movie, oh, this is going to be your kind of movie. And then there's movies like, you know, uh, Expendables 2 or something like that, where you're like, two seconds into it, you're like, this is not going to be my kind of movie. So, you know, it just, you know, it's just one of those kind of things. You know, uh, but I, I'm really interested in with you guys, like... Um, because you guys said that you do listen, you did listen to your mates or whatever. Uh, did you like? Can you sit through content that you absolutely don't like just because of a loved one? Like, could you, you know, like if you're, would you sit through a movie? Totally, I, I, your I will. Mm-hmm. I will, but I make no guarantees. Like I said, my wife, you know, when we were trading off, I'd pick a movie, she'd pick a movie. Drag me to see Living Out Loud. <laughs> yeah. I fell asleep. 
I fell asleep, and there wasn't anything she couldn't she could do about it because of all the times she had fallen asleep with movies that I picked. So you know, what? I'm gonna watch Living Out Loud again because I know I saw it, but I don't remember it being as bad as you say it was. Like I don't remember it being good either, but I don't remember it being that bad. Like you gonna make me want watch it again just to see uh, if it is as bad as uh, you know. It's I personally think it's horrid, but mm-hmm. honestly, it's like a, regardless of whether it's the person being there. Sometimes I'll sit through a movie that is horrendously bad just to see how horrendous could this possibly get, and and it's like sometimes it won't knock your socks off within the first ten minutes of the movie, but somehow it'll really gain speed for you in terms of it. Sometimes, sometimes it'll be that you're sitting there going, okay, this is a real train wreck, but it can't get any worse than this. Oh, yes, it just did. (laughs) (laughs) And and it's like, but it can't get any worse than this. this No, it just did. It's like, you know, you you sit there through it just to to be able to sit there and say, okay, I lived it, I survived it, I watched it. I watched that television show or I watched that movie. I saw it. It was kind of like No Surrender, No Retreat, that movie. No Retreat, No Surrender? I saw that in the theater. And I remember it being bad. Jean-Claude Van Damme gave the best performance of his life because he didn't speak one word during (laughs) that entire performance. (laughs) Let let me ask you guys a question. Uh, The cheesy acting, oh my God. Let let, let me ask you a question. I I don't know if you guys on YouTube, they have this channel called uh, Cinema Sins. And... uh, let, uh, the room <laughs> that's a train wreck lol um and if you're in the chat room too uh if you're in the chat in our, our facebook group please press one so we can give you guys some love um what are some of the the biggest sins to you that a movie can commit like what are some things that you're like it that kind of puts you in the i'm turned off mode when you watch a movie um i i'll tell you or a TV show. Like, what are some sins? You know, I'll tell you one thing. I One of my least favorite things that they do in movies, and I'll, I'll get it started, and I want to hear what you guys say, and in the chat as well. Uh, I hate when you're watching, like, a detective story or it's a mystery, and then you get to the end, and everything's solved with a damn videotape. I hate that. I think that is so lazy. Of a storytelling thing. I mean, I bet you detectives watch these movies and TV shows where everything gets solved with a videotape, the magic videotape that comes out of nowhere. And I'm sure they wish, you know, that that's how it happens. But uh, that's one of the things that I literally roll my eyes every time I see that in but, a movie but, or TV but, show. But, you know, I agree with you, but for every rule, there's an exception. And the exception to that rule, gosh, I'm going to. This is a big spoiler alert if you've not mm-hmm. seen the last season of Monk, everybody. Mm-hmm. The last season of Monk, the second to the last episode. I don't know if you, I mean, I don't know if you watched it much or anything. <clears throat> but one of the ongoing things on Monk was that every year he would put up his Christmas tree <clears throat> and his wife, who was, give me a second here. It's, uh, and, uh, it's like, so it was basically uh, his, a spoiler. Yeah, his wife 
just before she was murdered, had left a Christmas present under the tree for him. Mm -hmm. Since she was murdered, and he was unable to solve the murder, he couldn't bring himself to open the present. And his guilt over it is what drove him crazy and got him thrown off the police force and made him into this totally psychotic uh, OC person. And uh, the second to the last episode, he was poisoned. And he was going to die. And the thing that was depressing him the most was the fact that he was going to die and never know what had happened to his wife. And finally, he figured, I'm dying. I might as well see what this Christmas present is. And he opens it up, and it's a videotape that she made before she went to the meeting where she got killed that explained everything he needed to know to solve the case. And I just thought that was really, really nicely handled. That he had the answer there in front of him the whole time, but wouldn't mm -hmm. do it because of his peculiar psychological problems. And only because he was dying, he ends up finding out this is what really happened. See, where it's like that is an interesting thing, but also to me, I'll tell you one of the major things that turns me off or repels me from seeing a television sh series, a movie, a something zero chemistry between the actors that are being forced to look as though that they have chemistry. It's the biggest thing that will repel me away from seeing a movie where I'm going, I'm sorry, why did you put these two people into the movie? together because I have no clue why these two actors got cast other than maybe they're both box office draws and you had to put them together in the first place but to me it's like that or an implausible situation beyond implausible I understand and I'm not talking about your fantasy stretching the imagination I'm talking about a situation like the Glenn under the dumpster or walking dead kind of the situation that's what I'm oh, talking Oh, that about. pissed me off. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was in the land of implausibility and impossibility. It's yes. Like, it is not possible. It is not plausible. Neither one of those uh, scenarios in regards to it. So it's like when you get me onto something like that in a movie, in a television series, in any of that, it's like at that point in time, you've lost me as an audience member. I'm like, that's it, I am done, I am finished. Sometimes it will be only for that episode. Other times it will be, I'm sorry, you just lost me as a viewer. But but now you know, though, if you're attacked by a horde of zombies, you can hide under a dumpster. Of course, especially one that is straight on the ground. Yeah. It's uh, like, because of course it, that it makes the most sense. Patricia says it's funny when a character's parents... Uh, look like their siblings. <laughs> uh, Olaf yeah. says, I called b bullshit on Glenn under the dumpster. Hilarious. Yes, well, but those are the kinds of things that I'm telling you, it's like, it, it, as far as that goes, that and implausible uh, chemistry between two people who it's like, you just know that uh, it's like you're watching them and you're going, okay, somebody dialed in the performance or, you know, they thought, oh, well, let's put these two people in the movie and I will call it out right now on the accountant Ben Affleck and Anna Kendrick. Absolutely zero chemistry between them. 
it's like there was zero chemistry uh, in that movie. It, it's almost as bad as Scarlett Johansson and uh, Bill Murray was in Lost in Translation. Well, I mean, wasn't that supposed to be, though? Like, kind of awkward? Yeah, though? but you know what? Even when you're not in the same age category, it still is, like, if you are putting two actors together, you should at least feel some kind of connection or connectivity on that. What this fe- uh, No, no, what I mean, I think wasn't like that the point forced. of the movie, though? Wasn't the movie supposed to be, like, their relationship to be somewhat a little bit odd? Like, I'm trying there, to remember that movie. Yeah, cause it was there's a odd and then there's implausible. Yeah, I mean, because, you know what? They never hooked up in that movie, remember? Yeah, Catherine Zeta-Jones and Sean Connery. Zero chemistry, well, no, but, no, but in, in Lost in Translation, I think that was what was good about that movie was they, like, you were, you were expecting them to hook up. And really, they just shared a night with each other, like. Uh, but it wasn't even like sexual, right? It was. It, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I, if I remember correctly, they were just, uh, you know, they were just two people that were aimlessly running around because she was married to I think Giovanni Ribisi in that movie. Uh, now I gotta, I gotta watch the movie again. Um, but um, yeah, uh, it says uh, she was a fish out of water. She was trying to make a friend. I think they were great together. This is from. Uh, um, uh, Pop Tart Kid. So, I'm um, you know so. I, See, in that one, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make it. But I, I, I know what you're saying though. Like one, one movie was, um, but they didn't like each other though. Was uh, there was this movie called The Peacemaker, and it yes. had uh, very famously it had uh, George Clooney and uh, Nicole Kidman, and apparently they hated each other. <laughs> So, yeah, like, Julia Roberts and Nick Nolte uh, in I Love Trouble. But you know with, what, like, though? That was a good movie. and Good movie, they, bad chemistry. No, their chemistry looked good in the movie. That was the weirdest thing. I, I thought they were good in that movie. No. Yeah. No, they weren't. Yeah, that was a no. good movie. I no. remember it being a good movie. It was a good. I won't argue it was a good movie, but the chemistry between them was all was all wrong. But all they, yes. they were supposed to be like the the only problem I had with that. If but it's been a while since I've seen it, was they weren't like they don't like each other through the whole movie, and then at the very end they did the you know we hook up, you know at the end. Now that was not that didn't feel right at the end. No. That's kind of what we're talking about. But yeah, I mean you know it's like no. You two don't belong together. Stop. Right. Nobody moves. Right. Yeah. Some bad chemistry. Like yeah, bad chemistry and implausibility will stop me automatically from there. I mean, I can even go so far as to like you know follow along in the whole uh, you know realms of the, because in an, uh, something that's being brought from an animated world to an actual world I can uh, I can buy it for a dollar but when you're turning around for example with that horrible Justice League movie where it's like don't say her name that's my mom's name she, it was suddenly like oh god you've lost your plausibility with me uh, in this oh, whole thing. At that point in time, it was like, okay, not only there's no chemistry between you two, but now there's bad, uh, there's like, you know, no surrender, no retreat style acting. You know, you guys need to stop picking on Batman versus Superman. I'm sorry.
sorry. Should I t- go with Bat? Uh, I'm with sorry. Bat- I'm very sorry. The movie sucked. Okay, is that better? <laughs> Super. Yeah. Uh, no, we should go with Superman: The Deadliest Cat you know, Edition, otherwise known as The Man of Steel. No, you know what's so yeah. funny about? No, I, I didn't. I didn't care for Batman vs Superman, and I really thought I was like, no, this is going to be good. I I felt like an abused mm. wife. That you know, I'm you know, I you think really? Zack Snyder, like you know, like Zack Snyder's like he's gonna stop you know uh, hurting me, and then no, he didn't. It's another more abuse with the, the Batman versus Superman. You know, I've never met one of these people who actually really liked the movie, but I know they exist. I, I, Where you know what? I would like one of those persons who loved the movie to like come on the show or something. Because uh, yes, please tell it. Please tell us what we are missing. Well, it's like we're we're the cinematic genius came in on. Don't say her name. That's the name of you my know, mom too. That, that was terrible. But that would you know what? If that was the movie's greatest sin. No, it wasn't. Right. It, I mean, it, I mean, that's so easy to go to. But there was so I mean, there was so many other and then and then people. The movie's saying, greatest sin was being. Utterly boring for the first one and a half hours before yes. we're getting to the actual meat of the story. You know what I hated too? People kept saying, "No, watch the extended version. You'll like that one better." And I watched it, and I wanted to shoot those people. It was even longer <laughs> before the fight right. started. Oh my god! Right. I can't imagine. Right? That's like I don't know how much I was fighting, not falling asleep <laughs> during the first ninety minutes of that movie. I should have known yeah. better, but I, you know, I blame myself. I should have known better because it's like, like, yeah, something that's long and that's already long and boring. We're gonna add another thirty, forty minutes to it to make it even more long. Well, th- that, that's that's like the first Star Trek movie. When it was released, uh, it was the extended cut, and it's like, why? There wasn't enough plot to fill a one-hour Star Trek episode, let alone a a two-and-a-half-hour movie, and now you're making it longer? Mm -hmm. Now, Patricia says, can actors fake chemistry? I mean, they're actors. Yeah, um, look, actors can fake chemistry in terms of it for uh, for some people, um... If you look at uh, certain ones, it's like, uh, yes, they can. However, that being said, it's like you have to have a natural undertone of chemistry to begin with to be able to even fake it, whether it's a love or hate relationship. Um, ask performers on uh, who are pairs figure skaters. A lot of uh, Some of them are very much in love with each other. Others of them, as soon as they get off the ice, what they really want to do is beat the uh, living pachismus out of their partner. If you want to know about fake chemistry, ask uh, our current first lady. Uh, yes. <laughs> she, yeah. she, there you go. Yeah, she's a perfect example of fake chemistry. Well, also fake other things as well, but that's okay. You know what she looks like is that I wonder if you watch the, her blinking her eyes. Is she like giving us some kind of code or something? Like, is she like? I feel like she's gonna try to slip in like some kind of code, like to please save me uh, or something like this. Like, she looks like she's like a prisoner or something like that. But that's fake chemistry. Uh, anybody that bangs Hugh Hefner, fake chemistry. So, you know, yeah. it, it, people do well, it all. She'll, have, she'll, have, she'll have to do the uh, 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 Hanoi Hilton photograph, you know, where they had all the POWs and they all had their hands like that, were sticking their middle fingers out to let them know, let us know no, we're not happy they're lying <laughs> yeah, but it's like, it's very interesting which brings us on though it's like, 
see, it, yes, you can fake chemistry. However, that being said, um, yeah, exactly. It's like a fake talking and stuff like that. Or it's like the person who fake laughs. Um, you can tell when somebody's doing it. Oh, no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, it's like, it, it's one of the things of, unless it's an underlying tone that already that there is, because there are many, many, like I said, partnerships and different uh, arts that it's like, no, they don't get along uh, there, but during the time of the performance, they can pull from one resource or another that they can pull the chemistry together to be able to give the performance that they need. It's like, uh, and that is uh, one of the main things. So you have to realize that um, that is something that when you're casting, you have to see that they have a natural chemistry or don't. Yeah. Yeah. You got to. Um, but then again, though, I mean, th things can happen. Things can happen. Things can happen that... Uh, if the actors don't genuinely genuinely enjoy being together, I'm not going to enjoy watching them. Yes. Also, too, um, things can happen from casting all the way to actually shooting that that can mess up the chemistry. You know, so you know you get to know your co-star a little bit better. You realize they're an ass. You know. Uh a good director, though, is able to put a middle ground between them, but you have to, again, have a basis foundation by which to start with, and just because they're two box office names does not necessarily mean that they're going to instantly make you feel magic. Now, we have in our chat, um, Patricia says, I like it when movies are corny on purpose and the actors are having a good time, but sometimes other people don't get the joke. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, Olaf says, "I faked chemistry uh, in school, good enough to get an A plus." <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. So uh, yes, there is, there are those options. So you've got to realize that kind of uh, stuff. It's like, and again, it's the implausibility as well of the situation mm -hmm. that can also dictate out some of the chemistry as well. Yeah. You know, yes, I'm in quick. You know, it's like the girlfriend who's watching the guy get killed, it's like, okay, um, am I feeling anything for the girl who's watching her guy get killed on this thing? Or am I going, okay, really, how plausible is this that you're not going to call the cops? You're just going to stand there and watch him get stabbed over and over and over again? Yeah, I hate when or people at make... the very least, get the hell out of there? Yeah. Because, of course, you have to stand there and watch this so that you can scream. So uh, so just in case, the, it's like he hasn't finished killing the guy enough. He can continue yeah. killing the guy, then turning around and going, oh, you're still here? Great, I can kill you too. <laughs> and they go, yeah! Yeah, I hate when people in movies do like absolutely dumb stuff, and you're like, what are you... You know, can anyone be that dumb? But then again... There are some real dumb people in the world, but, you know, like, uh, 
I don't know if you guys have seen a movie called Jeepers Creepers, for example. And I, oh yeah, the very Jeez. beginning of that movie, you're like, "What are you doing, going back to the thing?" <laughs> and you're gonna go down the pipe, like seriously? there was some there was some creepy guy standing back there. Well, let's go check it out. <laughs> but it also it, it also put paid to one of my favorite horror movie cliches: mm-hmm. running over the killer. Oh, yeah. They run the guy over, the girl stops, and the guy's going, well, what's the matter? You ran him over, let's get out of here. And she says, it never works the first time. She backs up, runs over him again, puts him in drive, runs over him again. You know, I was like, yes, somebody gets it. Now, I- I'll say this, though, with Jeepers Creepers. Actually, that scene was based on true events. Uh, not with a guy, though, that, you know... <laughs> not with the, the creature, but it was... A... <laughs> yeah, yeah not, not with the uh, human cicada bug, no. Right. But but uh, that that was actually based on a, a real uh, thing. But uh, I'm sitting there, though, like, when people do, like, absolutely dumb stuff, it's like, wow. And, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you know what? Unnecessary sequels and re- re- reboots and remakes, I can't stand, too. It's like, you know... Uh, like unnecessary sequels like some movies just don't need a sequel like and thank god there's some movies that i'm so glad they didn't do a sequel to like uh i love the usual suspects it's in my top five favorite movies of all time but you know there was they they were trying to make uh usual suspects to the quest the search for kaiser soze and thank god it was Thank God it fell through. I'm like, that would just ruin the legacy of a one of the great movies of all time. And yeah. It would of, ruin the legacy of one of the greatest plot twists of well, all time. The ending is so perfect. It doesn't need... That's the great thing about it, that you you just your mind can just fill in the blank, you know? Yep. And yeah. I, I'm going to say something very controversial, and I've been shot at for saying this, but I'm going to say it here on this show as well. I've always thought that The Matrix should have never had the two sequels. Not just because they were bad. Oh, okay. The, okay, ending, the, Matrix was bad. I agree with the ending is perfect. The ending of the first Matrix movie is perfect. It's a great ending because it makes your mind wonder what Zion is and what's happening going forward. The, to me, the sequel, I understand because they made like a gazillion dollars off the two movies. The, but I thought The Matrix should have just ended right there. Perfect, and I and honestly, I think the bad sequels, um, kind of mess with the legacy of the first Matrix movie. I don't. I think people kind of take down a notch or two the way that they look at the first movie because of the bad sequels. Mm-hmm. You know, even though the sequ- you know, Reloaded had some you know some good moments, but you know what's so funny is even their really good moments when you watch it now, it's just kind of okay. You know. So, um, that's, you know, unnecessary sequel. And then this one, I know they're going to shoot at me for this one, but I don't care. Another movie that I don't think needed a sequel because it had a perfect ending. And I know Arpo is not going to like what I'm about to say, but I thought the first Back to the Future was perfect the way it ended. It really did. Oh, I did too. Okay. Yeah. Every time I say that, people are like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Like it didn't. I I didn't much care for Back to the Future Two, except at the very end, when 
he was sneaking around behind the scenes of the first movie. That was kind of cool. That was really cool. But overall, I thought number two was a, 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 a complete waste of time. Because he really didn't want number to Number three it. got cute again. Number three was kind of cute. But no, they didn't need they didn't need sequels. And he didn't want to... Well, you know, I got to give you credit. Because every time I say that, you think I, the people, they would act like I'm Satan for saying that. But, uh, like, because the ending is perfect. The end, what a perfect ending. We got to go back to the future. Yeah. We didn't need to see what happened next. It was perfect. So, unnecessary sequels. But I understand, because if I'm standing to make a billion dollars off of, uh, you know, these two movies, I, I, I probably would have made the same decision, just financially, but, you know. A lot of times it's the... Uh, I will also add to your comment of going uh, the reboots. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they are really unnecessary. It was like, what was wrong with the original? Yeah. You, it, you, you want people to? Uh, it's like you want to. Uh, you want people to do it. Why don't you re-release it? Or get creative and come up with some new shit. Yeah. <laughs> how, 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 how many different reboots have there been of Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yeah, and, there's and been, remakes of it. And there's, gonna be, another, there's gonna be another Halloween reboot. Another the Friday thirteenth, I think. Uh, the, the the first Halloween one, the Rob, the first Rob Zombie Halloween, mm-hmm. I kind of enjoyed because he put in a lot of homages to the to the original movie that I appreciated. The second one, it's like, why do you make a sequel to a remake? That's just dumb. And his his Halloween two was utterly beyond comprehension. Well, the original Halloween 2 was terrible, so I can only imagine with the remake. Was it a remake of the, the second movie? Um, Only in that it started off uh, with a scene in the hospital, but after that it just started going on with his dead mother coming back as a ghost to tell him what to do, and he kept seeing himself as a child, and... I mean, the whole thing was just to give another acting vehicle for Sherry Moon Zombie, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you know, Rob Zombie can't make a movie without his wife in it. God forbid. Well, but now, I don't believe every remake and reboot is not... Like, I've always said for years, Westworld should be remade. Because it was made in a time where... It was definitely before its time. In in a way... In a way, Jurassic Park was kind of a remake of Westworld. Because it's basically the same movie. You just substitute, you know, uh, yeah. you know the cowboys for, uh, for um, I was about to say sharks. For uh, cowboys dinosaurs. for dinosaurs. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, there's there's certain things. I, like Logan's Run, I would like to see a remake. Because that's another one of those movies. That- I thought they oh, were doing no, a no, 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 no. They did. They are doing a. They did do a remake of it, and no, 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 no. Certain things, it's like leave it alone. It, there is the brilliant work of that particular filmmaker. It's like it stands alone. It doesn't need a redo. It's like in terms of that, it's like sure, you want to redo something or you want to reboot something or you want a sequel to something. Have a reason for behind it not because i want you know it's like well the first one was successful so obviously there but must be a reason for but see though i don't think but see i, that, I always felt like i want to recapture that no no but see that I, that's why i think one. westworld westworld and logan's run to me are ripe for remake because they were they came out of time they were like before 
the time, like as far as uh, special effects and all of that kind of stuff. So I think they were prisoners of that time period where they you could actually do more with it, you know. Uh, now and I've always thought that those movies were stuff that like, I always, I thought Clash of the Titans was going to be would be a good one, but I didn't like what they did with it. But I thought that was another one of those things as well. Classically, though, what they could have done uh, different for it, and one thing that they should have done uh, different regarding it, it's like um, try and at least stick to some of the original ones. If you really, really want to get all fancy and digital and all of that, okay, here's an idea. Cut the original and run uh, new digital sequences for it if you want to play with technology. But keep the originals. Yeah, well, I tell you... um I tell you, like, stuff like I don't think makes sense. Like, I think they're going to do a new Terms of Endearment. Like, really? Like, why would you remake yeah. that? Or what, Fried Green with Tomatoes is next? You know, uh, Beaches, the remake. You know, like, come on. Like, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Well, it's first of all, Beaches, I have to, uh, every time that it's on, I have to call all of my 50 friends. So please make sure if you're our Facebook friend to understand. <laughs> I have watched Beaches. If I'm, if I'm sending you messages going, I love you, man, and uh, you're important in my life. I've never actually I've seen. <laughs> yeah, like, I, yeah, it's like uh, I, uh, I cry every single time and have to call all of my friends and call uh, and get on there and it's like you know uh, start putting out mushy sentiments of how much everybody means to me and stuff like that and, and every time it's like they're so like you, you watch beaches wanna, again. Uh, you, you guys want to remake a Fiddler on the Roof? God no, 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 no! <laughs> Topol uh, was it. He's the bomb. Yeah. Uh, yeah, why, why, why remake something that's perfect? You know, that, and that's terms of endearment. Yeah. Why would you remake that? It was as near perfect as you can get for a chick flick. <laughs> but it's one that guys could enjoy too. Yeah. Because all the stuff with Jack Nicholson in it was great, and you know who doesn't like Shirley MacLaine? And they they did a sequel to it, I believe. They did a sequel, yeah. and the sequel was fine. Steel Magnolias. Uh, what do you think about? I know they did the remake of Steel Magnolias, and once again, yeah. that was why. Yes, exactly. What do you guys think about them taking a, a movie that was like male-centered and then making like the female version, like they did with Ghostbusters, and then I think they're doing Ocean's, uh, the girls' versions of Ocean's <laughs> Eleven. It's like Ocean's Fourteen or something like that. Uh, yeah, my answer to that again, okay, with Ghostbusters, okay, uh, I kind of don't see it as a reboot, I don't see it as, as, I see it as like a furthering sequel that just was a different, like, a different take on it, um, as far as Ocean's 14, it was like, why, why'd they do 12 and 13? <laughs> yeah. That was terrible. Um, and why did they even make the the original? Uh, why did they not just keep the original with Sammy Davis Jr. and all of that? It was like there's an unnecessary movie with Brad Pitt uh, in it that I didn't want to see. No, Ocean's Eleven, George Clooney. The, the remake of Ocean's Eleven, or that was horrible. I thought that was good. I thought the sequels were terrible. I thought the first one was pretty good. Oh no, all of it. I was going why, why, why? You have like such a, a brilliant. I'm gonna say, cast so, I'm gonna say yeah. some controversial. If, if if you watch the original and and the remake back-to-back, you begin to realize just how really bad the remake was. Yes, But I didn't didn't think, you know what, this is one of the weird times where I actually didn't like the original, and I I think the original is considered so great just because it was in it. 
But the original wasn't that oh, good. Oh, no. It, was, it, it wasn't it was that good. And I, I mean, I didn't think the original was that good. It re, the original redefined the caper flick. Mm-hmm. From that, you got movies like Gambit and the original Italian Job, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Pink Panther, you know, all your great flicks, you know, all your great, uh, oh, yeah. I forgot the word I used. Yeah, all the spy, the, like all of the, uh, the spy kind of movies, the... Well, uh, but they're just all, all, all of the, uh, all, all of the clever theft movies. Yes. It really, it really, it really all got started with Ocean's Eleven because it was like, okay, what's something that's never been done before? Okay, how can it be done? Okay, <laughs> let's do it, and then let's add that marvelous twist at the end. Yeah, uh, you know, you know what was a uh, interesting time though in Hollywood was uh, I think it's like the late '80s, the '90s. They had always had these what I called the beware of movies, and mm-hmm. um, like, uh, like I'll give you an example like um, single white female, which was like beware of your roommate, and then you had a uh, fatal attraction, beware of your yep. side, beware of your side piece, and then they had the hand that rocks the cradle, beware of your babysitter. You know, like there was yeah. like a gang of those kind of movies. I always thought those movies, uh, even they still hold up even to the today. Like I remember, like uh, Fatal Attraction. Like every guy that had a woman on the side was like for like a week. They were like, "Oh my god, maybe I need to <laughs> be careful." <Yeah. laughs> like it was like, "Oh, maybe I need to slow my roll for a little bit." You know, it didn't last though. <laughs> so, the, but that was a that was a good one. Um, but you know all of those movies, and they remember there was the one um, they've been showing a lot on cable a lot. Consenting adults, you guys remember that one? Mm-hmm. Yes. The little wife mm-hmm. swap movie, and then goes crazy uh, with. Uh, yeah. You know, Kevin Spacey was is so good in that movie. Like. Oh yeah. Before Kevin Spacey was Kevin Spacey, like, which he became Kevin Spacey basically when uh, the year that uh, Seven and uh, Usual Suspects came out, and he won the Academy Award, and then he yeah. became Kevin Spacey. But before then. Before he was like known, known, known like he is now, he was really good in a lot of movies. Like, you know, uh, where you look, you go back and you're like, man, he was killing it. You know? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. No, yeah, exactly. Before that year, he was the he was, you know, the actor in all these movies that you went, oh, that guy, I like that guy. What's his name? Yes, I mean, yeah. it's so sinister, like. I mean, he played Sinister really good. He always had this way of playing Sinister, but in his Kevin Spacey way, you know, where, you mm-hmm. know, like, uh, like, like that movie where he, he, he was like, he could, he could play these different tones so well. And then he did like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, where, you know, he wasn't like the Sinister guy in that, but you know, he's mm-hmm. still so compelling, you know, in that movie, you know, he was uh, the asshole. Which yeah. it's another thing he does really well. Amazing asshole, <laughs> is an yeah. asshole. But this is what uh, this is also why when you look at it, it's like it, you see we're talking about also that's another thing that attracts you. It's like in terms of that because of his performance, it right. made you want to see that movie. If they would have put him in an implausible uh, situation, 
I mean, they even had an implausible situation with Kevin Spacey in the movie, but because he was so good that uh, Laura, uh, uh, gosh, that movie that he played an alien. Oh, uh, and I can't, uh, starts with a Z or something. I can't even remember uh, the name of it. He plays like this guy who comes from outer space, comes down, living with this family. Uh, th- anyways, but the point is, like the movie itself. Uh, K, K something. Uh, if anybody in the audience, K K Pax. It's like uh, it's like even then he gave a compelling performance for that. It's like you watched it because also the storyline of it. Sure, there, it was implausible, but at the same time, the chemistry between him and the people on there was just undeniable. And it's he, like his performance was undeniably good. And he was absolutely the right choice to play um, Lex Luthor. Yeah. Not talking about Lex and, Luthor, but it was just a terrible movie. But it, it wasn't his fault. I thought... No, you know, it was, as a matter of fact, yeah. I, I was I was going to go out on a limb just a couple minutes ago and say that he I thought he was the best of any actor who's ever played Lex Luthor. I, I got, <laughs> that's 100% true, I think. And it's unfortunate because he would have been great in... Um, in Batman versus Superman, um, you know, even he couldn't save the movie. No, I'm just saying, like, I I would have preferred his take on it than um, oh boy's, you know, uh, take on it. Yeah, um, you know, and he's a good actor. That uh, what's his name? I, uh, uh, he played Jesse Eisenberg or something like that. He's a really yeah, good Jesse actor. Eisenberg. He just, I, you know, I don't know if it was you know totally him or how they told him to, to play it or whatever it just didn't work and it, he was actually annoying as hell yeah and honestly yeah. you're like why doesn't you know i know that superman you know is trying to doesn't kill people but he should have been his first well it wouldn't have been his first because he killed zod i forgot in that first one but he should have been his yeah. second uh murder victim <laughs> you know <laughs> so but uh he it's was like, just annoying. let's add one to the list you see where this is what i'm liking about the whole Thing of television on there with Supergirl, it's like they have an interesting, different take on it, and uh, this is what uh, this is something that's very interesting of their take on this of the Luther story. They have actually a sister there that it's like, well, what if there was a Luther that isn't evil? Kind of thing. It's like, and the world treats her as evil, even though she was not e- uh, evil. It's like, well, then. You know, then she, is she doing the world's expectations of becoming evil? Okay, now that's blasphemous, right? You know, it's like a, a is, you know what they say. It's like, a, is it chemistry? Is it nature nurture? It's like apparently, like I said, you know, it's just a very interesting take on it. And where they're going to go, I haven't yet to, I have yet to see where they're going to go with that. But I'm like, yeah. I'm more compelled by that than I am Batman v Superman's version of Lex Luthor. Before we, we say goodbye, um, I, I got there's another thing that bugs me about Hollywood and movies that I, I we gotta throw this in there too. I, I don't know if you guys would agree with me or not, but you know we'll see. Um, I hate when they try to shove people down your throat. That is annoying to me. You know what I mean? Like, certain people, I feel yes. like, they're like, we're going to make you like this guy. And I'll I give you an example. There's one, I'll give you a case where 
I came around on this person, but I didn't like them at first. Um, and that's uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey. Like I felt like he was one of those people, but he actually I came around to Matthew McConaughey. You know, but you know certain actors and stuff. You're just like, oh my god! Like it's like we're gonna make you like this guy, no matter what. You know, and, and that's one thing I don't like. You know. Well, the, sometimes I feel like they have to do that because, especially if a star starts developing what they call star power, <laughs> sounds like sounds like he's a superhero or something. But uh, I think what they really need to do is they need to cut back everybody's freaking salaries. My God, you hear, you know, oh, Tom Cruise is getting paid fifteen million dollars for his next movie. It's like, why? He is not that good. No actor is that good. Yes, I understand he's a box office draw. But that's just... All you're doing is feeding an ego. And mm -hmm. believe it or not, egos do not have to be fed. They're very good at surviving all on their own. Don't they know. don't need your help being fed. Uh, to me, you know... I think one of the things, they always talk about, you know, oh, it costs so much to make movies. That's why, you know, ticket prices have to be $12 and da 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 It's like, well, then pay the actors less money for crying out loud. They're doing something that's fun to begin with. They're doing a job that they enjoy. I did a job that I hated for 25 years, and I didn't get anything near a million dollars. You know what, though? This is one thing that I, I think people need to realize, too, about it is, the Tom Cruises make a lot of money, but mm -hmm. the Victor, uh, the the JoJo Cruiser or whatever people that are not, they don't really make that much money. So there is an inequity there. But you know, it's all because one person's a draw and other per people person is probably lucky to be in the movie. So if you do the re uh, the redistribution of the the money, then then you would give more to lesser uh, people, but you know, um, you know, but then they can justify giving so and so this amount of money because they figure they're going to bring this to you know the, the situation. Unfortunately, it's also about the the fact that it's like the box office. It's not only about the box office dollar. It's also about the prestige of being able to hire them over hire having them be at another movie. Mm -hmm. yeah. so, so that's why having them in your movie than you know somebody else who hey maybe would have been better for the role yes exactly it's a more prestige thing than it is necessarily but sometimes also yes what it does is it unfortunately drives the budget up to the point where it becomes a tentpole movie and only a studio can afford it and especially with certain actors it's like if they're not in a studio picture it's like they have to be very passionate about the project to be able to come aboard with it if we brought it more in line with what the way it, but which is again a future episode we can talk about uh, that of worth of actors uh, and I'm not saying like even worth of directors worth of other people it's like yes you work damn hard to get to where you are in terms of your industry of where you are on box office it's like there's a lot of marketing and publicity there's a lot of uh, skill and talent and craft that goes along with it but there also has to be a reasonable of when we are going way over the edge of 
reasonability that you, it's like, unless you're absolutely can guarantee in your own mind that it will make seven times the box, uh, seven times the amount of production, uh, there's never really a break even. Hmm. And then but, does it become worth it? But then my question also becomes, you know, you have all these actors who star in action movies. How come mm-hmm. the stunt people don't get paid as much as the actor? They're the ones doing the real work. Mm-hmm. They're the ones making that actor look good doing all those stunts. Yes. I'm the unknown but, stunt man. <laughs> yeah, well, then we have to get into a whole thing of unions and all of that, which is, again, could be a future episode of ours about unions and guilds. And, uh, you know, it's like, are they uh, are they part of the necessity or are they just basically, pump, uh, you know, perpetuating all of this? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Lots of topics. Lots, Lots of topics. topics. Well, now, next week we have a guest. We have a guest next week. Excellent. Uh, yes, uh, we do. the wonderful Tachi is going to come on and and uh, chat with us. So uh, I'm looking forward to having Tachi on. Uh, she's an actress. She's a writer. <laughs> she's a dance instructor. I keep saying that she's my. She's going to be my future dance instructor. Uh, I'm, nice. Uh, but um, so, and she has a wonderful uh, show where they they talk about old older movies and stuff. Maybe we can get her co-stars on there too. Uh, that'd be cool as well. But uh, uh, so Shitachi, everybody calls her Tachi, is going to be on uh, next week, chopping it up with us and looking forward to that. It's going to be fun. Nice. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, Always fun to have a guest. So, uh, as we're slowly wrapping up, uh, we will go on to our festivals one. Not next week, but probably the week after we'll, uh, we'll deal with our film festivals uh, episode as well as also a few other uh, topics now that uh, you are pretty much assured that there are quite a few up on our agenda this year to be able to talk about. So, let's start with you, Arpo. Arpo, where do they find you on social media? Well, they go like this, and there I am. Woo-hoo. Also, you can go to Facebook. You can go to the Movies Underground. You can, you know, I have a Twitter account, but I never take, I never, I never check it, you know. So, but hey, you know, you want to tweet me something? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, or what the heck? You know what? You can write me if you have something really, really important you want me to know. You can write me, voiceguy1000 at gmail.com. I do check my email. And I do want to hear from people. I want to know their ideas. Uh, I want to know what they want to hear us talk about so I can come to you guys and say, hey, what do you think about this? And make like it's my idea. Very cool. And Kente, how do they uh, find you on social media? Yeah, you can get me at Kente F on Twitter. You can also go to the website, IndieRadio.org. That's one. That's I-N-D-Y Radio.org. Also, uh, you can join our group. Uh, it's uh, Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash PVS Alliance. Uh, that's where you can also check all of our shows when uh, we're going to start Facebook living as well as uh, being on the radiate radio <laughs> man I can't even talk uh, and then also um, just to let you guys know um, we covered the show uh, black sales 
the pirate drama on stars and also uh coming back uh this sunday is the walking, the walking dead. dead the walking <laughs> dead so we will be doing uh we'll be doing both shows monday night so at 6 p.m pacific we will do uh uh black sales and then at 7 p.m pacific we will be covering the walking dead premiere so and so every monday we'll be doing both podcasts so uh we you know it's something different i figured i said hey what the heck you know it'll give us time to really prepare for you know because the shows come on sundays now so it'll give us time to prepare for uh the the show and have you know clips and all of that wonderful stuff so definitely check it out and also too uh check out my brand new short film it's called i see you uh stars uh Mio Shabin. Uh it's a little horror flick that we did. Uh we have more stuff that is gonna be coming out and uh working on some uh longer projects too, but you know, we have little shorts to tide you over till we get to the big stuff. So uh check it out. Uh you can go to our um I have a brand new YouTube channel, it's called Dark and Creepy Tales. So uh we're gonna be um I'm sorry, Dark Creepy Tales. Uh, not uh, take away get rid of the and um, and, uh, so just, you know, look for, I see you put in Kente, it'll get you there. And, uh, I posted, I believe in the PBS group as well. So, uh, you got many ways to check it and please do this me, do me this favor is, uh, drop a, um, drop a, uh, uh, comment. So we'll know if you like it or not. All right. Excellent. And also for myself, you can get me at LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Bizipedia, gosh, um, on my website, www.pastlivesproductionsinc.net. Um, also on Slated, on, uh, goodness, Digital Film Cloud uh, Network. Basically, as I've said it before, if you cannot find me, you are not stalking me hard enough. <laughs> you definitely, you definitely need to to put more effort in that stalking, because it's like we are everywhere. Don't forget to also look up our YouTube channel for uh, Movie Time with Grace and Sonata. Also, as well as uh, I also have my own YouTube channel on there. Um, also, as well as we have the at Movie Time Indie, as well as at Sonata Grayson, and uh, as I said. The 50 other different ways, because if you have any uh, ideas, you have anything that you want to add to us, comments, uh, it's like if you loved a, an interview with one of our guests, uh, you want to get in touch with one of our guests, that's the best way to get in touch with us, and we'll get you in touch with the guests. All right. Alrighty. We'll, we'll catch and you next forget, time. And don't forget, don't forget, once again, it's the plug. I got it sitting here. Wee. Wogglebuck's first movie, The Wogglebuck and Sylvie in the Enchanted Forest. Sweet. Uh, fun yeah. little children's film. Uh, and it's available for sale. I just posted uh, on the uh, on the CVS or the PVS site where you can go to learn all about it. And uh, gosh, I hope people like it because we worked really hard on it. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Also, be sure uh, to join us again next week. With uh, with that, it's like uh, and make because sure, uh, you're going to be hearing some wonderful guests. And on Wednesday, we are probably going to be having. I will give you a surprise heads up that there may be uh, a guest, and we are definitely having our guest of Friday as well. So uh, it's like we're definitely in for a wild ride. And on 
again February 22nd Peter Foldy will be on board with us uh, for his interview and as of the next Wednesday podcast um as after that on our Friday podcast I am officially a dual citizen so <laughs> please feel free to write the email does that mean you chat. get uh, does that mean you get to vote twice yeah once in Canada once in America cool 